Yeah, we are. And for two days in a row, Slee, this is a uh, new record for us. This is the Joe DiMaggio of the Travis and Sliwa show of two shows in a row. So we're basically like the On our way to Cal Ripken. Of Cal Ripken, Howard Stern. Absolutely. Any of the legends were basically right on their heels with two in a row. So after tomorrow, because tomorrow is going to be three in a row. After that, our next uh, show will be in 2024. That's going to (laughs) be the next show. Right, we were we were looking at the schedule a little bit before yeah. we came on. Looking at that Lakers schedule, it gets pretty uh, pretty aggressive pretty quickly. Lakers well, have a lot of basketball. This is up. how you negotiate with ESPN. You said, "I don't know if you know who I am. I'm going to work <laughs> when I want, when I'm available, and just make sure that check is in the mail." So it's pretty right. impressive, Travis. Right. Well, as long as long as everybody understands that, then we'll <laughs> all get along uh, famously. Because I'm a I'm a pretty big deal. The show is a pretty big deal. We're just we're, we're and you're we're, nothing I, and you're nothing, Alan. That, that's you got right. That? We're, we're Do you understand? Just, it? Everybody understands their role. This is what made, like, like Bill Belichick says it all the time, right? Do your job. Understand. Don't worry about my job. Don't uh-huh. worry about his job. Uh-huh. Do your job. And that's what we're doing uh, right now. How's the day been? You know, Trav, today was uh, actually kind of feeling the, the cold weather outside. I like it. it I'm a cold. fan of this. Let's get uh, Let's get some rain. I think we need it. Uh, got a lot of just kind of small errands done. I'm 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 still completely hooked on Ozark right now. So I'm, I'm you almost done. I'm even catching those in the middle of the day. You oh know, yeah. That, by have... the way, that's a slippery slope. <laughs> <laughs> that, that that that's one of those things that you know what? I okay. I did whatever. I did my grocery shopping. Yeah. I, I did. I did. I did my laundry. I'm I'm caught up on what I need to do. Prep for the my, show a little bit. Prep right. for the show. Uh-huh. I'm all set. You know, what? I got an extra 45 minutes here. Let me watch one of these real quick. <laughs> and the next thing you know, four hours have gone by, and you've done jack squat. Next thing you know, hey Trav, uh, not feeling good tonight. Uh, <laughs> let's let's definitely connect next week. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, you know, I just. <clears throat> I'm a little, uh, little horse, a little horse. Not quite feeling it. I'm uh, I got to watch a little bit Kershaw on earlier this morning. That's okay. yeah, a good show. Mm-hmm. Uh, Kershaw looked pretty good today. Three innings, uh, one run, three strikeouts. Gave up a home run to lead off the game, but oh, whatever. Spring training, but uh, he looks pretty good, Slee. For for an old guy in, in Major League Baseball terms, he's an old guy. He's looking pretty sharp. I, you know, you say that for baseball terms, old guy. Man, I, I still think uh, I think I still think this dude's got a lot left in the tank. And it's kind of funny watching LeBron right now. And you know, we talked about it. We played a clip yesterday of Genie saying, "I don't know how long he's going to go." You know, yeah. who, who knows? I mean, the the dude is uh, MVP caliber at age thirty six. Uh, the world is different than it was ten, fifteen years ago. Some of these guys going as long as they do. I guess it's less of a surprise now. Yeah, no doubt. All right, so you guys know the drill by now. The The drill includes your phone no calls. No phone calls. Do not tweet us. 710 ESPN. You can send the tweets to both Alan and myself, at Alan Sliwa, at Travis Rogers, and we'll read as many of those as we can. I want to start with this, Lee. I want to start with the idea that's being thrown around. I heard uh, I heard it on television, on ESPN this morning. I've heard it you know, online. I've seen it in different places. The idea that... Who is the biggest threat to the Lakers in the Western Conference? Is it Utah? Is it the Phoenix Suns? Is it still the Clippers? We thought it was the Clippers last year, and they, you know it never really materials like that because the Clippers fell apart and, and blew that three-game lead to the Denver Nuggets. I want you to listen to uh, Shanae Ogumake, who was on first take earlier, saying that she believes that the Clippers and the Lakers are destined to run into each other in the postseason this year. I'm looking at the Clippers still, largely because they made this big gamble in switching their head coaches from Doc Rivers to Ty Lue to sort of help Paul George be great again, right? 
Paul George said, hey, like these pin downs, that's not my speed. That's not my sp style. They made that big gamble and it sort of paid off when it comes to Paul George's game so far, you know, this season. So I, I really do think it'll come down to the city of L.A. Even though I love what, you know, Utah has been able to do so far this season, they will make noise based on the, you know, confidence they're building in the regular season. But right now they have a combination of defense, of offense, of now coaching that sort of is helping their stars get over the mental humps. And I do think that they're still the biggest threat to the Lakers in the West. All right. So they're first, the biggest. First round P. <laughs> yeah, you know, that, that kind of jumped out at me too. The idea of, you know, Paul, well, I don't like these pin downs and I don't like Doc's system. Oh, really? Backboard P. You know, I, 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 honestly, I've never been an NBA coach. Mm -hmm. Probably never will be. I think okay. the odds are pretty good there. <laughs> I would guess, and this is just a guess, sure. I've known some NBA guys, you know, spent some time around different guys that have covered the league, played in the league, but mm -hmm. I would guess that when Paul, when um, Doc Rivers had his little grease board out and he was drawing up plays, <laughs> one of them did not include um, playoff P, I need you to uncork a screwball from the corner and hit the side of the backboard. I'm pretty sure that wasn't one of the play. I don't know how much of a fault Doc Rivers was in that. Oh, uh, first round P. I'm going with first round P. <laughs> no, I by, by the way, I... The funny thing is, I agree with Shanae. I, I I do actually agree that, you know, we were hitting on this. Yes, we were talking about the Jazz and why they get so much disrespect. And they do get a lot of disrespect. And if you actually hear Robert Oi was on on first take earlier today, you, you hear a lot of people talk about this. Nobody's really thinking the Utah Jazz are going to compete for an NBA championship. They're just not. And even in the Western Conference... Most people think that the Clippers will be a bigger challenge than the Jazz would to the Lakers. Mm -hmm. um, and I don't disagree with that. You know, I, I, I really don't. But what's kind of funny is if the Clippers and the Jazz played each other, if, if they found a way to play each other in round two, I think right now the way it's structured, of course still 35 more games to go for the Lakers. Long way to go. The way it's structured right now, Jazz and Clippers would play in the second round. Phoenix and the Lakers would play in round two. I mean, how great would that be? I mean, you got Jazz and the Clippers going at it. I think the Jazz can beat the Clippers in the seven-game set. I don't think the Jazz can beat the Lakers in a seven-game set. Yeah, I, I think that's probably true. I, I don't I, I don't look at any of these teams in the West as a real the, – the one team I look at and say, huh, what's the answer there is Brooklyn. Like we've talked about the, the last night and the last few shows is – Brooklyn's the one that makes you kind of <laughs> okay. Well, no, Brooklyn's how, a problem. That's yeah, a problem. How, how, how are we going to solve the problem? Because here's the deal with Brooklyn. Brooklyn's going to score 120 points. They're going to. It, you know, maybe you can prevent them from getting 130, but they're going to get to 120. You're not going to beat Brooklyn 105 to 101. That's not going to happen. You're going to have to beat them 122 to 119. Hmm. That's how you're going to beat them. Can the Lakers get to 122? That's my question hmm. with them. Well, I, I, I would say just on just on that real quick, and that's why these next couple of weeks will be fascinating in the NBA. We saw the news uh, about LaMarcus Aldridge that they're mutually agreeing to part ways. We're obviously all waiting to see what happens with Andre Drummond. So let the rest of the pieces fall. But I'm with you. Brooklyn, <laughs> Brooklyn's an issue. Let's not pretend that the Brooklyn Nets are not an issue. No, and, and, and you may know this off the top of your head. I should probably know this, mm -hmm. but I don't. I can find. When is the trading deadline? When do they March have to 25th. have? March 25th. March 25th. So you got two weeks. Mm -hmm. So you've got two weeks, basically, to get this squared away. And, and most of this stuff gets done, maybe not at the last minute, but the closer you get to it, the more activity there is. I do not think that the Lakers will play with the roster they have now going into the post. I don't think it's going to be radically different. I don't think you're going to see any drastic changes, but I wouldn't be surprised to see a tweak or two. Now, listen, a, a piece or two could be the difference of winning. a. Ch These next two weeks could determine, 
Are you a championship team? As in, these next two weeks can put a team that we're not talking about in the conversation, or it could put a team like the Lakers or Nets even further ahead, uh, where you think, okay, yeah, there's just that's the team that's that you're going to have to go through to win a chip. Yeah, it, it's still th- this is the thing. You keep coming back to the Lakers, not not you, but just general. I, I keep coming back to the Lakers. Mm-hmm. And you say, who beat – I just don't see anybody beating them that isn't Brooklyn. I, I can close my eyes and visualize Brooklyn getting them. But even if the Lakers stand pat, even if mm-hmm. they do nothing, I don't see the Clippers getting them. I don't see Utah getting them. And really, that's what we're talking Because Denver feels like they've taken a step back. Yeah. It doesn't feel like Phoenix is, is quite there yet. It doesn't feel like any of these teams in the, the bottom half of the playoff draw in the Western Conference are a real threat. All of the tweaks that you're going to make if you're Rob Palenka – feel like tweaks that you make to try to get ready for Brooklyn. I will say this. Yes, you're 100% right, but we, we got to see Lakers Clippers in a playoff in a playoff matchup. That's got to happen this year, right? So, that brings us that to the next point. That has to happen. That brings us to the next point. I I would love to see it, but what happens if the unthinkable happens? Okay, what's what the unthinkable? Happens, the unthinkable would be we finally get that matchup mm-hmm. and the Clippers come out on the right side of it. That the Clippers win that. Lakers what are is, healthy? Lakers are healthy? Yeah, no, everybody's got all their pieces because, mm-hmm. it, 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 you know, we'll, we'll talk about this because there are some variables there, but what does it do to the rivalry? What does it do to the dynamic of the two NBA teams in this town if the Clippers finally hold up their end of the bargain, advance deep into the playoffs, and the Lakers and Clippers go at it in the playoffs? We're going to get into that next. It's Travis and Sliwa, 710 ESPN. Now, let's talk about the play of the week. The pressure to follow up Hypnotic and Cognac, weighing heavy on the team. Hypnotic was in the cup, blue and ready for the play. And boom! Añejo Tequila came in with a smooth assist to Hypnotic's tropical fruit finish. Shaken, strained, poured. It was green and good! The playmaking splash shifted the tempo. Another great cocktail from the Hypnotic team. Every season is Hypnotic and Tequila season. Hypnotic Liqueur, Bardstown, Kentucky, 17% alcohol by volume. Hypnotic reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely. Slee, I've got breaking news. What do you got? You ready? Yeah. My man uh, Jorge just filled me in on this. That uh, Apparently my guy Messi was eliminated by PSG. Ah, I saw today. that. I saw that. We lost. There we go. Oh, my goodness. There we, we go. Can we go get some ice cream? Can the guys come, please? Mom, please. I picture Mrs. Messi going, now Messi. George, by the way, George is pumping his fist in the background in the studio, <laughs> incredibly excited about that voice. Now, Loves now voice. Messi, listen, I told you that we can only have ice cream after wins. You tell the guys so that we're not going to go there. Now, Mom, please, please. You promised PSG's I'd have really orange good. slices. You promised. <laughs> you promised I'd get high C. Oh, man, what a mess. What a mess. I love that. that somebody wrote me a nasty note on Twitter the other day, which I, which means I know that that's a good uh, a good promo. If people, <laughs> if people don't like me in it, that means that it's a, it's a pretty Mission good promo accomplished. along the way. Absolutely. All right. So let's talk about this. Let's talk about what happens to the rivalry if the Clippers finally do something that they've never done before, which is advance deeper into the playoffs than the Lakers by means of a direct win against the Lakers. They okay. go head-to-head, and they win. I don't think that it's going to happen, but it's also not impossible. Trav, you, look wait, at you, it, you said something. You said something there that people yeah. are very, um, especially in this city, they don't like using the term rivalry between mm-hmm. the Lakers and the Clippers, okay? 
I get why they don't. But, you know, there is something to this. Wasn't I doing this? We did a show last week. And remember I, I, I told you I tweeted out Wizards Nation. And at every any time right. that the Clippers lose, <laughs> right. all of a sudden I become the biggest fan of the oppo- you know the team that beat them. So uh-huh. I agree. There is no rivalry because a rivalry, you got to go back and forth. You got to have playoff matchups. You got to, you know, one team won a, the Western Conference Championship. The next year, another team won it. There's got to be some of that. But damn, is it kind of, it's a little personal between Lakers. I mean, I, there isn't many Clipper fans, but there's a lot of Laker fans that want to see the Clippers stay down. They've always been down. They don't yeah. want to see them. And it does. A lot of these people are from, born and raised in LA, and it has nothing to do with representing a team in your city. It's this is a a Laker a fan base, and that's all that matters. They want to kind of keep them down. Yeah. Okay. So this is this is a good point for me to introduce something here because it it sets up what I want to talk about tomorrow when mm-hmm. Slee and I do the show. I want to introduce a new segment where via phone calls or Twitter, or however else we want to do this. We're going to do an Ask Slee segment where we can ask him whatever we want. I'll ask him a question. You guys can ask him a question. And it could be on it could be on basketball or anything else for that matter. So I'm going to kind of start it a day early. I have a question for you. You ready? Kevin, what do you got? Do you have a, a brother, older or either no. older or younger? Mm-hmm. You do not. Mm-hmm. Okay. So let me explain this to you in, in these terms. The Lakers are the older brother. Mm-hmm. And what this would do in the rivalry is exactly what would happen when the younger brother beats the older brother for the first time. I have a younger brother. Mm-hmm. And so when you are the older brother, you know that you can beat little brother whenever you want to, at whatever it might be, whether it's playing basketball in the backyard or whatever it is, wrestling in the, in the living room. You, just, you know that when it's time to really exert your physical prowess, usually just because you're a little bit older and bigger, mm-hmm. you can do these things. And then there comes the time where the little brother gets you for the first time, right? He, he beats you. He, he, he's able, he's just as strong as you are. These sorts of moments. That's what it would be for the Clippers. And what happens at that point is, is that the older brother, the Lakers, have to approach this a little bit differently than they always have in the past. Because now that little brother knows that he can win, they become that much more dangerous. Mm -hmm. There's not a real rivalry, so to speak. It's not that the Lakers and the Clippers would be on equal footing at that moment. But what it would change is the dynamic between the two. It's no more, oh, they always lose because they're the little brother. They always lose because their second best player hits the side of the backboard. They always lose because they blow 3-1 leads. Their coach has done it three times in his career. It's not that anymore. It's, yeah, we've done those things, but we've also beat you. And it changes the dynamic completely. That that and that's the scary part for the Lakers. Not that the Lakers are now equals with the Clippers. Until the Clippers win 18 championships, there's no equality in that relationship. But it becomes different, and the Clippers become far more dangerous to the Lakers when they play each other, knowing that yeah, we can beat you because we have beat. So this is why they do not get the respect, right? This is why the Clippers, um, year in and year out are disrespected. There's a reason why. The reason is you've never even got past the second round to make claim to anything, right? And if, let's just say hypothetically, let's say the Clippers this year got to the NBA Finals. However they got there. Let's say they got to the NBA Finals. Let's say they won an NBA championship. They won their first championship in franchise history. There's no need to ever try to compare the Lakers and the Clippers. There's just no comparison. It's not. It's mm-hmm. not a fair. It's not apples to apples. Okay. So there's. They would it's the be Yankees and the Diamondbacks. They, they would be. 
basically <laughs> that's that's a great that's a great comp yeah. right there. And not even that because the Diamondbacks have won a World Series. Okay, mm-hmm. so like that that's not even the right comp, even though the Diamondbacks right. are such a smaller franchise. I, I always kind of question this with the Clippers. So. I want to see these two teams in the playoffs against each other. This year, I want to see the Lakers go up against the Clippers. I'd like to see that. I think it would be good for the NBA, and I, I feel good about the Lakers' chances against the Clippers. The only way the Clippers get respect, in my opinion, you got to beat the Lakers, then you got to go in an, uh, an NBA championship, and then you got one, right? Like You got one. You're never trying to be in the same conversation with the Lakers, nor should you care to be in the same conversation with the Lakers but you got one and Trav, they've they've got it's they're so far away from ever getting close to that. That's why they're always disrespected. They're disrespected because you can't even go back and say, remember in eighty eight when they were in the finals or remember uh-huh. you know what I mean? You, you never been in the third round. They've never got past the <laughs> second round. Right. No, that that's a huge part of it. And this is why this year's a little bit different. And I think I'm not worried about the Clippers, but it's different. And 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 this is why it's different. When the Clippers were chirping last year, mm-hmm. when they were doing their oh it's title or bust talk, you know, when they were when they were basically walking around like, yeah, we're we're in this just like they are. You knew when it was most come. when most knew, people were picking them right, as the championship right. favorite. It, most people I guess had never seen Paul George hit the side of a backboard, mm-hmm. but that that's they're not doing that this year. They're they're a lot quieter this year. They're a lot more businesslike. They're a lot more um, experienced, for lack of a better word. Mm-hmm. They, I think they got embarrassed last year by what happened. They blew a three-one lead to a team that was not better than they were. I mean, it wasn't like, hey, all of a sudden we were playing the the Golden State Warriors who were up three-one, and all of a sudden Clay and Steph and KD all found their shots sure. and they came racing back. It's like, okay, yeah, that that makes some sense. Denver should not have beat them three times in a row. They, mm-hmm. they, they, they shouldn't. They could win one or two, but they're not going to win three in a row, and they did. And I think they learned something from that. I think they're a little bit more dangerous than they are. Now, that being said, there's a whole other layer to this, and that is even if they beat the Lakers, it's not over. Mm-hmm. They have to go close the show. Now, because nothing, nothing would be more clipper then beating the Lakers and losing to the team in the next round and them walking around with their chest out. No, well, I got you. Yeah, well, fine. I mean, that happens every once in a while, but you didn't actually do anything. You didn't actually win. Like, this, this is when the Red Sox came back and beat the Yankees. I think it was in 04. And it's like, oh, the curses are not yet. It's not. You got to go win the World Series. You got to go win the World Series. Right. And they, and they did, mm-hmm. and it went that way. But that was the piece of it that needed to happen. The Clippers could beat the Lakers. First of all, and, and the other side of this, too. No matter what happens to the Lakers, nothing changes for the Lakers. Mm-hmm. They're the Lakers. On, on the front of their jersey, it says Lakers. And they just won a championship. They just won a championship <laughs> a year ago. Right. They've got, what is it, 17 of them hanging mm-hmm. in the building. They've got an entire wall of legends hanging from the rafters that the Clippers have to cover up because their wall is so pathetic. Mm-hmm. So no matter what they do, the Lakers are fine. It doesn't change the dynamic at all for the Lakers. It does for the Clippers, though. It would make them a far more dangerous opponent from this point forward, knowing that they have done it previously. All right, I'll throw this out there. How do you get? How do the Clippers gain respect from Laker fans? Eight seven 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 ten ESPN. What do they have to accomplish to just get respect? I mean, Trev, there's no conversation ever to be had about the Lakers and the Clippers. Um, I, I think. Look, I, I look at it this way, and I am. 
I, I've told you this. I'm like a nine-year-old kid when it comes to seeing the Clippers lose. All right, I, I all of a sudden turn into, you know, that that kid that wants to rub it in like a like he's at a playground or something along those lines. But I think there's a lot of Laker fans that are like that. And you also got this Clippers team. You mentioned last year there was a lot of chirping going around. Remember in the bubble, Patrick Beverly and uh, remember he's making fun of uh, Damian Lillard. Remember he's sure. doing the Dame time. It was uh, at the end of the game when they're trying to hit a couple free throws. Yeah. It was easy to not like the Clippers. For a team that's never accomplished anything, right. it was very easy to not like the Clippers. Rather rather than a lot of times, you know, you could look at the Clippers, somebody that's not a fan of the Lakers or the Clippers might look at the Clippers and say, wow, that's an underdog, let me root for them. A lot of people were not rooting for the Clippers. Things I do feel like it's a little different this year. I think Ty Luke changed some things. I think Chauncey Billups being there, mm-hmm. Serge Ibaka's a champion. I think there's a little bit different of a uh, of a mentality. Well, they were humbled, and that's always something that's gonna that's gonna sit relatively well. The problem the Clippers are not terribly likable is that Kawhi, while a great player, is not a particularly embraceable star he's just there there's just beyond his i mean his basketball thirst ability for there's, attention, there's nothing there his thirst for attention is ridiculous I yeah mean. he's he's pretty he's a pretty hungry guy he's desperately trying to get noticed and and look i i kind of like the fact that he's under the radar but sure. he's not he's not gonna he's not gonna move you one way or the other you're mm-hmm. not gonna love him you're not gonna hate him you're just kind of gonna admire him from a distance but he doesn't really get you going like that Paul George does in a weird way because he's the guy that nicknames himself before he's actually done anything which makes you dislike him or at least makes me dislike him the way that he goes about it uh, but yeah they're, they're just not an embraceable group of, of players previously this year they're quiet which is a little troublesome well it's, it's uh it is kind of interesting what the hell happened to PG PG was the man was the man back in uh, in in Indiana? Indiana yeah. took uh, took that Pacers team to seven games against the uh, the Miami Heat. I mean, it was actually, you know, there there was a time where I'm like, PG is one of the best players in the world, no question about it. And it's kind of weird how things have changed, especially with him here at the Clippers. Two things. Number one, it's uh, it's a little bit easier to make a run at something when nobody expects you to do it. That there, there's just nothing when when everybody's that, that it's one of the reasons guys like Tiger Woods, LeBron James, uh, Derek Jeter, guys like that are so extraordinary because they're expected to win every single time and they carry that burden unbelievably well. Yep. That's the part about Paul George that the second he went to a team where there were expectations, mm. he has not been the same guy. You know what's uh, you know what's kind of interesting in LA? What really are the in town rivalries? I mean USC UCLA. That's an in-town rivalry. After that, Rams and Chargers obviously have no rivalry at all. No. Um, Lakers, Clippers, this no. is the first time that we're even having a conversation about these two franchises because they're both good at the same time, which has never been the case. Mm-hmm. There really is no in-town rivalries in LA. Angels, Dodgers, do you consider that a rivalry? I don't. No, because they play in opposite leagues, mm-hmm. right? I mean, they're, they're, they don't play each other other than some interleague games, which really don't affect anything. They're regular season Major League Baseball games, and the only way they play each other is in the World Series, and the Angels are a, a long way away from being that. The, the one that has a little bit of juice – and it's 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 and I mean a little bit is the Kings and the Ducks who are actually playing right now because they've played each other in the playoffs. They've both won Stanley Cups. They've both been good for long stretches of time at the same time. But even that doesn't really get everybody super fired up because a it's hockey and b it just hasn't happened year after year after year. LAFC Galaxy or, or L, yeah LAFC and Galaxy too early like too, too soon. New. I mean by the way it's great what they've already developed and what they've created. Uh, but it's too soon. You know, there's yeah. not really much history there. We got a lot of people that want to talk about this, by the way. 
All right, let's do that. 877-710-ESPN. We'll come back, take some of your phone calls. I'm also going to read our first tweet of the day, which is right now because I have to do my guy Ryan a solid. It says, Travis and Slee, my girlfriend does not believe that I'm a local sports radio content mm-hmm. contributor. Can you read this on the air so I don't have to watch the masked singer with her? Quickly, huge, quickly. Ryan, there you go. Ryan, Ryan. Not, not only I want your girlfriend to understand something, we prepped with you for the show. This show doesn't happen without Ryan. <laughs> Ryan's done and, everything for us. Oh, look, Ryan, I've never met your girlfriend. I'm sure she's lovely <laughs> and wonderful and beautiful and all of these things. However, the mass singer is a deal breaker. If it's a choice between watching the mass singer or moving on, I think you know what you need to do. First of all, this is a couple show. And there's a lot of, I cannot tell you how many guys that I've met that said because they listen to this show, that's how they met their girl, that we bring partnerships together. I mean, I, I don't know how else to put it. Hey, honey, you want to sit down and uh, watch The Masked Singer? Um, you know, before we do that, I think it's we had time we have a talk. I'm really not feeling this anymore. Oh, that's awesome. You're the man, Travis. <laughs> I'm really not feeling that anymore. Uh, hey, babe. Why don't you get your stuff, and uh, I'll, I'll uh, catch you later. Hey, babe, let's grab a glass of wine, and uh, <laughs> Travis and Sliwa are on. Uh, <laughs> I don't like the sound of love that. To, love to listen to them and just kind of talk. You know, I just want to catch up. All right, there you go. We're going to talk more about that Laker-Clipper potential matchup in the playoffs. What does it do to the rivalry? What does it do to the Lakers? What does it do to the Clippers? All of that, your phone calls, 877-710-ESPN. That's on Travis and Slee, 710-ESPN. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. Nope. Not eating the end I'm of the bread. I'm the end of bread guy. You can turn it into croutons. Those are good. A little olive oil, salt and pepper. Pop them in the, onion for, or the uh, oven for a few minutes. Pretty good. The, uh, the, all the pieces in the middle are really just a waste of space. I want end, <laughs> brands on, end <laughs> breads only. There you go. That's you my can... business plan. <laughs> yeah, that should I'm work going out to great. Wonder Bread. I'm, 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 I got a pitch to them tomorrow. How about you guys just give me the ends and a bunch of paper bags, and I'll go and make us a, a, a small empire. You can ask questions like, what the hell are you talking about, Slee? Tomorrow we're going to have an Ask Slee segment, so make sure that you have that ready uh, for us tomorrow. Let's try a few phone calls here. Let's have our first stop be Los Angeles and Mike. Mike, you're on with Travis and Slee. Well, what's up? Before I get to my uh, before I get to my uh, Philly point, I want to talk about the Jazz and why they're legit, and I think the biggest challenge the Lakers. Uh, first off, there's not going to be a bubble this year, mm-hmm. so AD I think is probably going to be limited when he comes back. And this is a deeper and better Jazz team. Everybody's talking about same old Jazz. This is not the same old Jazz team because uh, uh, Mitchell obviously Gobert elevated the game, but obviously Mike Conley is playing at an All Star level. He's one of the best point guards in the league. Plus they added Bogdanovich, which was one of the best. Uh, signings in the offseason, a great shooter. And look at Jordan Clarkson, former Laker. He's playing. He's going to be the sixth man of the year. So this is a loaded, deadly team. They're the best shooting team in the league. So this is why and they're one of the best defensive teams in the league. And they're a different team at home. So this is why I think this is not the same old Jazz team and why I think they can get to the finals. Obviously, I'm still going to give the edge to the champs and the Lakers, but I'm not going to just sue in and say they can 
they're going to roll through the Jazz. I think they they can they can shock the the Lakers if they're, if AD is not on point. And so, as as, so Mike, so Mike, uh, let, me, let me let me just jump in real quick. So I, yeah, I don't disagree that they can give the Lakers problems, I, and I think it would be. I was just telling Trav that I think actually Utah and Clippers in a seven game set. Oh, that's a that's a fantastic matchup. I, I'd actually even probably give Utah a little bit of an edge. We'll see what happens in the next couple of weeks. Right. But the point that I, I think with the Jazz and the Clippers, until you actually see it, it's tough to believe. You know what I mean? I, I, they had I this. Know. They had they lost three or four games to close out the. Um, uh, to close out the All Star break, I think, and Lakers when they played them, obviously had no weapons with them, no AD, no right. Dennis Schroeder. Until you actually see something, it's tough to be convinced that a Utah Jazz team or a Los Angeles Clippers team can come out of the Western Conference. Yeah, I'm not a believer in the in the Clippers because I don't think Paul George just hasn't elevated his game in the, in the playoffs. I think he's going to be their downfall, and uh, I'm not convinced that uh, Kawhi is going to resign because remember he can opt out of this year and we know he's a weird dude and unpredictable and nobody knows what to do but uh, last point i want to make is everybody's talking about brooklyn i think the, the, the team that can win the championship here is the sixers simply because joel Embiid right now is playing as a he's, he's the mvp of the league with all due respect to lebron uh ben simmons is one of the best perimeter defenders in the league they tobias harris is playing like an all-star seth curry was one of the best offseason acquisitions he's what he's the best uh, three-point shooter uh percentage-wise in the league and they can play, they can lock you down defensively. And like I said, there's no matchup for Embiid. And I, I think they can beat the Lakers in a series, and I think they're going to beat Brooklyn because when the game slows down in, in the playoffs, I think they can be able to slow yeah. down Brooklyn just enough, like I said, because Ben Simmons can slow down KD, and, 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 and they don't have no answer for Embiid. So that's why I appreciate think the Lakers it. All right. Thank All you, right, Mike. Mike. Let's, it, let Mike. me jump in there. Appreciate the phone call. Uh, Look, Embiid is having a great year, and if he won the MVP, I wouldn't be surprised. I don't think it's the right Just choice. Just changed, by the way. I think now he's the favorite. Yeah, I, I I wouldn't be surprised if he gets it because people just look for reasons not to give it to LeBron. My response to the, the Philadelphia portion would be, have you watched Ben Simmons play in a playoff game? Have you watched what teams have been able to do against him defensively to eliminate him? And now all of a sudden, Joel Embiid has to do a lot of it by himself that that's the rub and then there's this the team with the best player in the playoff series almost always wins not always but almost always wins that's Kevin Durant and if it's not Kevin Durant it's James Harden okay so <laughs> that's going to be they got two of those guys so we'll see about that Trav I want to I want to go back to that topic that we have we'll take up more calls on this so what do the Clippers have to do to get some type of respect around LA and around the NBA world and um, you know, certainly in this town, there's a lot of people that thought, you know what, why don't the Clippers just go to Seattle? Why don't they actually just get out of town? Because you're not, there's no reason to be in this market where the Los Angeles Lakers are. Eight seven 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 ten ESPN. Let's go to Eric in LA. Eric, what's going on, man? You're uh, you're on with Travis and Sliwa. Alan, can you hear me? Yes, sir. Question: What's the biggest river in the United States, man? Man, that's a good one. That's a good one. That'd be the Mississippi. Thank you to Michael Thompson. Uh, <laughs> Michael Thompson doing his quizzes every night. Yes, sir. Travis, our boy, our boy Alan got that question wrong, man. Listen, How do you explain that? Listen, when I'm doing the pregame show and Michael goes all over the place, I don't know what's going on. What if you if you said something other than Mississippi, Slee? What did you say? No, I was just I was just thrown off. I mean, I had no idea what was going on. He was what, just the L.A. River. Out. No, I didn't. I didn't even I didn't even answer with a river. I didn't even give him a river. All right, Eric, what do you got? What do you got? How do you? Okay, okay, okay. Alan. No, no, uh, Eric, no, you go no, ahead and – no, Eric, hold on. You go ahead and okay. keep busting Slee up about not knowing that. I'll make sure that you get your time in there. You finish what you're going to say. 
But I love him. When he gets that question wrong, it's hard for me to defend him, man. That's what I'm saying, man. I'm with you on that. I'm with you on that. All right. No to LaMarcus Aldridge, man. Mm-hmm. All right. If we did not have Harrell, then then fine. But I'm not taking touches and playing time away from Harrell. We, you know, he's already not getting enough playing time and, and not enough touches. I'm not going to go to a guy who lives at the 17-foot elbow. Um, if we're going to get a guy, get Andre Drummond. If anything else, keep him away from the Nets. Because if Andre Drummond goes to the Nets, keep him away from the Clippers over. too. Right. Okay. Speaking of the Clippers, this rivalry is so funny to me because you know I grew up in the Showtime days. This happened when Magic first retired with Norman Manning, Charles Smith, and those guys. Failed, all right? When Co- when Shaq got traded with Quinn Richardson, my, uh, uh, Lamar Odom, Elton Brand, those guys failed. The best chance was Lob City. Up 3-1, failed. You know, I liken this to, like, that little chihuahua that, that like, nips at your ankle, you know? <laughs> yes. You want to punt kick it, you want to punt kick it, but you don't. <laughs> And you laugh because it's cute, man. You know what I mean? <laughs> I find this whole Lake Little Clipper rivalry cute. Thanks, guys. Appreciate yeah, it, man. Thank I you. appreciate it. Like it, it, it's not. We need to understand what the word rivalry means, right? The word rivalry, when we're talking about it in a sports sense, is two teams that have a long history of competing against one another, and they have an equal chance or a near equal chance of beating one another, or a long history of one team pounding the other and breaking their hearts. The Yankees and the Red Sox for 70 years was a rivalry, not because the Red Sox were winning a bunch, because the Yankees would snatch it from them every mm-hmm. single time. That can be The Clippers and Lakers play each other a few times a year in the regular season, and that's it. That's not a rivalry. It's the same. They happen to share geography. That doesn't create a rivalry. I also want to add this to Sleep. Andre Drummond, LaMarcus Aldridge, Blake Griffin, Montrez Harrell, all these other guys that he was talking about right there. That's not going to determine who wins the championship. What's going to determine who wins the championship are the best players on the best teams. It's going to be about LeBron. It's going to be about AD. It's going to be about Kyrie and Kevin Durant and James Harden and Joel Embiid and Donovan Mitchell and Kawhi Leonard and Paul George and all these. Those other guys need to be in the mix, but if the best guys don't play like the best guys, none of this other stuff matters. Where Andre Drummond going to Brooklyn, I I, I really truly wouldn't even care. It doesn't change anything too drastically for me. If the Lakers get him, it helps a little bit because it fills a small need. The Lakers' only issue at this point is AD, getting him right. That's it. The rest of this stuff is winning. Yeah, but Trav, we said this yesterday. Didn't you say that the Lakers have to make some type? You're not comfortable with the roster as is to win a championship. So I think actually, you know, where those pieces fall could could help um, determine who wins an NBA championship. Yes, you're right. Do you think that Andre Drummond, where he decides to play his basketball in the next two weeks, is going to determine who wins the championship? No, but what I think is Andre Drummond could be the difference on a team that already is stacked, can be that missing piece to get him over the top, or the rich got richer. Like like that. That's not uncommon when you get to the trade deadline or to the buyout market. You might get somebody that now all of a sudden um, you were the favorite before, but now you're even further the favorite. Just using that as an example. The, the actual Andre Drummond portion, now I don't think he is good enough to say, well, he went to this team, it's over. But if he goes to Brooklyn and the Lakers don't get him, it's like a double whammy, right? Or if he goes to the Clippers and the Lakers don't get him, that's certainly incredibly advantageous for a Clippers team, and it hurts the Lakers because you also didn't get that player. Yeah, I mean, I don't want to make it sound like they don't matter, but they're they're the 
you know, they're the garnish on the side of the plate. They're mm-hmm. not the steak. They're not the bottle of wine. They're, they're the complementary pieces to it. And if the steak and the wine aren't right, whatever you do to the rest of it doesn't make a huge difference. Well, Blake, you know what? Blake Griffin, by the way, that's probably the fifth best player on the Brooklyn Nets. Yeah. Just to and, use and that as an example, right? That, that was when he came clear. I was like, yeah, cool, whatever. He can go wherever he wants. If the, if the Lakers got him, it wasn't going to be a disaster, but it wasn't like they needed him. I don't think Brooklyn needs him all that much either. All right, we'll continue this conversation about whether or not the Lakers make a move, whether or not Andre Drummond swings it one way or the other. Dave McMenamin is going to join us next on Travis and Sliwa on 710 ESPN. Ten seconds on the clock. How many things can you name that are always growing? Your relationships. Your skills, your customer base. How about businesses on Shopify? <laughs> Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash network, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash network now to grow your business. No matter what stage you're in, shopify.com slash network. Only the best shows start after 7 o'clock at night. This is a long-held truism in all media industries. All right. We're talking about the Lakers and the Clippers and whether or not they're going to run into each other, what it does to the rivalry, what these two teams need to get to where they want to go. Joining us right now, Dave McMenamin from ESPN. Good evening, Dave. How are you? I'm doing great, fellas. Welcome to the big show. <laughs> See, you get it. You understand that this is this is the, the sweet spot, right? 7 to 9 o'clock at night. Yeah. This is where they put the most important people. We, we set the table. I mean, I mean naturally. That, yeah, naturally, that's it. I mean, we they actually said, hey, do you want to be on on primetime? We said, yeah, primetime, 7 p.m. to 9 p.m. Um, hey, Dave, we'll, st- we'll start off with this. Uh, Lakers get back on Friday, so it's obviously the, the first game of the uh, second half of the uh, schedule. What, what do you think is most important in the second half of this season? I, I, I kind of look at the Lakers. They're sitting at third in the standings, and – um, you're trying to pace LeBron James. You want Anthony Davis, obviously, as healthy as possible. What What do you think is the the biggest priorities for the Lake Show in the second half schedule? Hmm. Uh, you know, I, I, home court advantage. I don't even know what that means uh, for a team playing at Staples Center. I actually think the Lakers would, if there continue to be games with no fans in Los Angeles they'd be better off playing more games in the playoff series on the road than at home. Uh, Staples Center is is a terrible environment for an NBA basketball game right now. Uh, so that's not too much of a concern. I think health is obviously quite high. And then Rob Palenka uh, and Kurt Rambis and, and company pulling some strings and, and making something happen uh, because their roster is currently constructed, uh, to me, is legitimately – behind the Brooklyn Nets as the favorites to win the championship. So with that in mind, if Rob Palenka is addressing issues, what's at the top? Is it size? Is it shooting? What, what's at the top of the list? Uh, can they be both? <laughs> I think both of those issues. The Lakers shot the ball really well for about a month, and uh, they haven't been shooting well uh, ever since. Uh, I, I think finding a, a guy who can reliably hit a, a jump shot would free up this offense a lot and capitalize on the tremendous skill set of LeBron James. And then size-wise, it might not matter in certain matchups, uh, but 
obviously the formula that worked for them last year was was having that extra size with JaVale and Dwight to get them through the playoffs uh, to, you know, use against a guy like Jokic and render him, uh, you know, not nearly as effective as he had been leading up to that point um, to use against a guy like Bam Adebayo. I understand Bam was beat up in the finals, but, uh, you know, if they have to play a guy like Joel Embiid or, or certainly, you know, it's going to be DeAndre Jordan and Blake Griffin, uh, or they have to play Rudy Gobert to get there. I think size is also at the top of that list. And, and you know, those are those are the like kind of the skill sets that are always their premium for any team stocking up for a playoff run. And, and uh, so the type of guys they're going to be identifying, I imagine, are going to be the same type of guys that the Jazz are identifying, that the Celtics, that the Bucks, that the Clippers, that the Heat, that you know, all the contenders are going to be trying to get. Dave, how do you think Andre Drummond, how do you think he would fit on this Lakers team? And, and what do you think kind of happens? I know we still got some time here a couple weeks before the uh, trade deadline ends, but how do you think things unfold with uh, Drummond? I think it'd be a tremendous fit. Uh, you are going to play Anthony Davis roughly 50% of the center, center minutes in the playoffs anyway. Uh, at least that's what they did last year to great success. So you need somebody who can come in and give you – 20 good minutes, uh, some hard fouls, some rebounds, some rim protection, some space eating. Andre Drummond's all of that. And any concerns about his reputation so far, uh, not being a winning player, I mean, it's not like he had teams to win with in Detroit and in Cleveland so far. So I I dismiss that reputation that's upon him. Uh, But the question is, will Cleveland ultimately find a battle agree with them? Or are they going to stick their guns in and wanting a trade? And, and if it's a trade, like, I don't know how great a position the Lakers are to do that. Uh, you know, because you look at their assets, you have some young talent, certainly. But the beauty of having young talent that's homegrown in a guy like Talon Horton Tucker, Alex Caruso, it's a relative cost control situation to continue to grow and expand the championship window and and you also have the ability to retain them to go above the cap to do so if you were to lose one of those guys you're going to be above the cap in this free agency coming up and so you're only going to have the option to replace them with veteran minimum guys and you know the veteran minimum guys that that they added this offseason in Gasol and Wes Matthews and Gasol's not technically veteran minimum because he got a two-year deal but all intents and purposes, he's making the money of a better minimum guy. Neither of those guys look to be world beaters. Uh, and so that's a dangerous game to play uh, for a stopgap solution. And so Drummond, to me, the only way it makes sense is if he comes to the Lakers after being bought out. Dave McMenamin joining us here on Travis and Sliwa ESPN. You've spent a lot of time around LeBron, covered LeBron for a while. Do you have any sense on, you know, Slee and I were talking about it last night about the window being open for LeBron. How much longer is it open? And it just feels like we're way past the time when we thought it might be. Any idea on on a a realistic timeline on when he's still going to be this version of LeBron, one of the two or three best players in the league? Uh, you know, Melissa Rowland of Fox Sports worked on a smart story about a month ago, uh, 
speaking to LeBron and others he's played with about his ability to adapt his game. Mm-hmm. Uh, and certainly you saw it uh, over the last several years. His three-point shooting has come much stronger, and he's been able to go along with the trend in the league uh, of being able to have an outside shot as part of your arsenal. Um, and certainly he's as smart a player as I've ever seen uh, in my years covering the NBA. And so that's not going to go away. And so it just comes down to continuing to have the perseverance and the fortitude and the almost willing, uh, like tricking of the mind into Mm -hmm. believing that there's more he needs out of the game of basketball because like really what does he need more out of the game of basketball? He has four championships, four MVPs, 17 all-star appearances, hundreds of millions of dollars in the bank, uh, has won championships with three different franchises. Like, there's really nothing missing from his resume. So it's just about, like, how much longer does he want to do the ice bath and want to do the eight hours of stretching modalities leading up to a game and want to do the sleeping in a hyperbaric chamber in between playoff games. I mean, it, if he continues to have that patience and perseverance, I think he'll continue to extend this window. But – you know, obviously he's going to need help on his side because Kobe was very similar to that until the moment he tore his Achilles. And then he was forced to have a view outside of basketball. And he worked his butt off to get back to being an effective NBA player after that major injury, but he was never the guy he was before. Uh, So LeBron's also going to have to have luck on his side because we saw – his first year in LA, the first time he suffered a major injury, and you know that 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 could have led to the extension he signed with the Lakers after the championship this year, which is I'm no longer doing one-on-one deals. I've seen that I am fallible. I am a human. I can miss half a season with an injury, and I want to make sure I have this guaranteed money locked up uh, to give me 20 years in the NBA. Very quickly, Dave, you mentioned, you know, what else does he need out of the league? How important do you think it is to him to try and play with his kid? Uh, very much, very much. Uh, LeBron is uh, very savvy in, in terms of the things that he puts out there through his own media channels. Uh, Uninterrupted is a multimedia platform. Uh, and a couple of years ago, he was doing a finals pre-interview with the broadcast crew. Normally that's something that is – stays behind closed doors, but LeBron invited his camera crew in there along with uh, Doris Burke and Jeff Van Gundy, Mike Breen, and Doris asked him about wanting to play with Bronny someday, and LeBron said, of course, it would be the biggest accomplishment of my career. ABC never aired that, but Uninterrupted did. That means that LeBron James wanted that messaging out there, and that messaging's been out there ever since, and he's continued to double down on it. I think he was asked about it over All-Star Weekend, and he said, you know, that, that'd be a major thing on my resume. Um, you know, now you could wonder if that was the best way to phrase it. And certainly it's a big part of Bronny's resume, too, if it does occur. But uh, I, I think it, it, it's something that continues to motivate. And when we talk about, okay, what's left? Why, why continue to go through all the ice baths and go through all the stretching and the hyperbaric chamber sleeping? Uh, that's what's left, to be able to, to still be – like the guy he is when his son has the opportunity to maybe take the court with him someday. Dave, um, we spent some time talking about the Clippers and the Utah Jazz. 
I know we're only halfway through the season, but between those two teams, if they're facing off in a seven-game set, who who do you like between those two teams right now? As currently constructed, I'd have to go with the Clippers. Uh, you have two-time Finals MVP in Kawhi Leonard. You have a championship head coach in, in Tron Liu. Uh, you have a guy who better be damn motivated in Paul George to make up for the embarrassment of last year's postseason. Uh I, I I think there's flaws on that roster beyond those guys I just mentioned. But I also think you look at Utah in a seven-game series, a player like Joe Ingles will be attacked constantly to the point where it might be tough to keep him on the court. Um, uh, a player like Royce O'Neal, as much as he brings defensively his offensive inefficiencies, uh, could become... You know, outsized uh, against a team that that can play really smart offense in the Clippers, uh, and then Donovan Mitchell is a budding young star, but he is not Kawhi Leonard. <laughs> and usually, I'll go with the best player in, in a playoff series. So I, I think it would be a great series. I could see it going the distance, but uh, my money would be on the Clippers. Dave McMenamin covers the NBA for ESPN. Dave, appreciate your time tonight. Thanks a bunch. Yep, thanks, guys. Thank you, Dave. Appreciate talk, talk it, man. Talk to you soon. Yeah, I mean, he, Dave said right at the end there, Slee, well, the thing that I mentioned to me, that who's got the best player? Mm-hmm. Uh, Kawhi? Okay, I want them. You know, who's got the best player? Le- LeBron? I want them. It, it, it's not foolproof, but it's a really good jumping off point to decide which way you want to go. Who's got the best player? The Rams have the best player. Mm-hmm. I'll explain what that's all about. That's next. Travis and Slee, 710 ESPN.